Welcome to the Age of Audio. My name's Graham Brown from the award-winning podcast agency Pickle & Co. The Age of Audio is a series of conversations with thought leaders and changemakers in the world of audio. That's podcasts, radio, and social audio, converging with big data to create engaging and authentic content for a new generation of listeners. Podcasts for B2B brands, uh, medium-sized businesses, small businesses. How can they use it for generating results? Let's talk about that. One of the issues with podcasts is listeners. So the reality is if you want to do a podcast, especially starting off with a B2B and just focus on listeners, it's going to struggle Yeah, because it takes a bit of time to get known and the well-known podcasts have been going for a long time. They've had a lot of money thrown at them and so on. So if you don't have the money to throw at it, to publicize it, then it can take it a long time. So the way I explain it to clients is that the purpose of a podcast is that you record it once and you can use it multiple times in multiple ways. So you've got the audio with the podcast and then you can convert it to text they can use that in a blog on your website. You can then cut the content and use it on Facebook and Insta, or not Insta, but, Insta, but Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn across various places. So you can have it as a press release, a news article, um, consider it as emails to your business, to clients, to prospects. So it's a multi-channel approach. From one podcast, you get all those large mm. levels of content omnichannel love it why, why would you say podcast is the best placed piece of content to drive that as opposed to why not start with a youtube video or why not even start with a blog post and then reformat that for a podcast okay let's say you could actually start off with a blog post and reformulate that into a podcast if you want to be that scripted. But mm. in my opinion and from what I've seen, the best podcast of what we're doing now where you interview someone rather than reading a blog post. I've done it and you read a blog post and you go blah, 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 blah. And you know what? If people don't fall asleep in the first three minutes, they'll turn it off. Mm. Yeah. So there's your engagement zero. Okay. And in relation to video, I attend a lot of business networking meetings. And the easy way I explain it is that if you're in a room of 10 people, how many of those people are able to talk into a video camera without any problem? Would you think maybe one or two of those 10 mm, people? You'd be lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you're lucky. So video is expensive. It's difficult to do. Take requires a lot of setup. Um, one person can't, it's very difficult to talk straight to the camera. And again, you still want to interview. To, and then you've got to do the post-production. So there's a lot more mm. post-production with video than there is with a podcast. Yep. So it's easier and quicker with a, a podcast. And out of that room with 10 people, how many do you think will be able to talk about their business? Mm. Yeah, 100%. And what's the one thing that people like talking about the most? themselves yeah so in essence a podcast for business is talking about your business interviewing other people in the business itself i'll get a testimonial from a client the other day 
um, they do packaging, something really simple. They You package up items for your business, you send it out, and, of course, with COVID, their business has exploded. Um, they want to be known as their, as I tell people these days, become the expert voice for your industry. It is a play on the words that you use um, your voice for a podcast. But they want to do that, and they're doing the traditional thing without the podcast. It's easy for them now. They've got better blog posts. They've got better engagement. They're having fun. They're interviewing people who work in the industry. So then they become the industry experts. You go, oh, who, what, who should I talk to about that? I know they have the podcast that can help me because I've interviewed all the big players in Australia. Hmm. But how do you make packaging interesting? Because by default, <laughs> it's not the most exciting subject with all due respect to them. I mean, there's plenty hmm. of subjects that you could talk about. But how do you make that interesting? Because that's well, the challenge, is, isn't it? It is a challenge. And if you're typing it up, it's pretty dry. Yeah, there's hmm. absolutely no doubt about that. So if I send you a list of questionnaires, you'll answer the question. We could have done this via questionnaire. You could have sent me an email. So look, Tony answer these questions for me, I would have given you probably two or three sentences per answer and that would have been the end of it. But because mm. we're having a podcast, we're having a discussion, it's more interesting. It's nowhere near as dry. And to give you an answer in relation to the packaging one, if you have a business that's e-commerce and you send a lot of items out and if they're not packaged the right way and you've ordered an item and it turns up broken or damaged, what's your customer experience going to be like? Hmm. Yeah, um, Apple, they got a lot of effort with their packaging. They they have, uh, you buy a new iPhone, you open the top, they have timed how long it takes for the phone to elevate itself up so you can pick up the phone to a few seconds so you can glorify the magnificence of the phone. That's how interesting packaging can be. It's hmm. a great example. Hmm. Now, how do you turn that into deliverable business results because it's easy to sell a podcast on the basis of, uh, you know, like authority or leadership, but how do you measure that? What is the tangible? Is it audience? Is it click-throughs? What's the business case that you find people respond to that you can deliver on? Look, I mean, what I talk a lot about is, I guess, visibility, reach, and people becoming more familiar with you. For example, last year, I did a lot of podcast interviews post-COVID, and one of them was with Fred Schubester, who was the founder of finder.com.au, and Finder is becoming a well-known brand around the world. It's one of the biggest comparison websites in Australia, I think even the US now. Um, it's grown exponentially. And I had an interview with them, and yesterday, without me even knowing, they repackaged that podcast, they edited it, so they had a series of questions of him talking and they re-released it onto LinkedIn. Hmm. Now, the benefit of that for me is I'm reaching his audience on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I can do one, I can do many things. I can say, look, thank you for that. And I take that and share it on my network. So I get to co-brand myself with Finder. Hmm. Yeah. And I've done it with Census. I've done that with a New Zealand all back player. Today, I uploaded an interview I had with Ronald McDonald House Charities for a charity fundraiser that they've got. So I'm leveraging my brand and connecting with all those bigger brands. So people start seeing when they go, oh, 
I'm associated with all those different brands. So that's just the benefit for me. I get to engage with other businesses' audiences. Mm. Have you uh, dealt with the the doubters when it comes to the quantitative side of that? Because let's put it into context. For example, if I was to go onto Facebook, I could buy Facebook ads and I can tell you what the click-through rates or you could do pay-per-click anywhere, Google, and you could get an idea of what the actual numbers are. Um, with podcasting, it's not so clear. And therefore, when we position this as a marketing or even a, a business development play, it's always going to be compared in the context of the alternatives. All right, if I spend 10,000 bucks on pay-per-click, what am I going to get by comparison? How, how do you deal with that? Do you focus on the qualitative deliverables, you know, like you're talking about getting to people's audiences, or do you are, are you able to show them, okay, here are the numbers, this is where it counts? Look, the reality is, is I'm glad that you quoted a figure. So $10,000 a month on Google Ads, yes, I do Google Ads. I'm a Google partner, so I know all about that side of things. So the reality is you can spend $10,000 a month and I can show you what you're going to get, but you wouldn't spend that on producing and uploading and delivering a podcast. So the reality is the bang for your buck is going to be different. So if you want to spend a lot of money, yes, you can track it, then the cost per reach is going to be much, much higher. Yeah. Mm. So I, I just say to business, look, it's in the marketing mix. It's an influencer. It's a way of influencing getting your brand out and getting exposed. Other than to consider is that the podcast for businesses and business to business and business to consumer from businesses themselves is in its infancy. So you can't, if you don't get in, somebody else will. So it's again in the becoming that industry's expert voice. Mm. Yeah. So that way you get to dominate that industry. So for example, if you do um, mortgages, okay, there's a couple of big companies that do mortgages in Australia, and there's probably a couple in Singapore and wherever around the world, um, a couple of big a agencies, they started from somewhere, right? So how do you overcome that? Well, you start doing things that they may be doing, but most of your competition aren't actually doing. And the other thing that we haven't even thought about, okay, is presence on the front page of Google. Okay, because podcasts can help you to do mm. that. Yeah. Now, that's even more in its infancy, but that's where we're heading as well. I saw a quote from Neil Patel just the other day, and he said that websites are 1,400 times more competitive than podcasts in terms of ranking for SEO. And he knows his stuff, right? So if you think about it, for example, if you were to do a podcast about mortgages, what are your chances of ranking as a website for that? <laughs> it's pretty low, right? You've got to spend some yeah. big bucks on pay-per-click to even yes. get on page one. That's I'm right. sure page one is full of pay-per-click, right? It is. Yeah, if you were to do a podcast, yeah. your chances are a lot higher. And people yes. haven't really discovered that. I mean, I've run some experiments. Mm. I'm surprised mm. by... If you were to set up a very niche podcast, even with one episode, mm -hmm. and just name it, 
the keyword title. You can rank on page one at Google with that. Now that's mm. interesting because that would take, I don't even know you could do that in six months with a website, right? You would have to buy a website with traffic mm. these days, right? To get, I mean, what, what are your experiences? Are you seeing anything like that on your side? Well, it's very early days, I think. Uh, it, look, it's very early days. I have seen that and I have proof and I have deliverables on that for my businesses. Okay. So I have two businesses. One is a, a digital marketing agency. Other one is a, a podcasting agency. Now, I'm in Sydney. I'm a podcast producer in Sydney. So if you type in podcast producer Sydney, um, both of my businesses are on the front page of Google. Mm. Yeah. Now, that's got to <laughs> thank you for, for doing it. So one is podcast my business and one is clicks for profit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they should both be, and you, it always changes where it is and what have you, but I'm on the front page. Now, not only that, but if you look at Business Podcast Sydney, okay, um, I'm there as well. So yeah, I'll verify the first one. I haven't seen the second <laughs> one yet, but yeah, you got two, okay. right. page one. Right, right, okay. So hang on, I've got two businesses. I'm a podcast producer. I'm in Sydney. What keyword do you want to think I want to be found for? Hmm. So I want to be found for podcast producer Sydney. Okay. So I'm being found for that. Okay. Now, if you're talking about, you were talking about um, non-competitive keywords or what we call long tail keywords. Hmm. Okay. So I have one. It's called um, Google Digital Marketing Tips Podcast. Okay, if you're typing Google Digital Marketing Tips podcast, because the way it will work in the future is that Google puts podcasts on the front page. Yeah. You've got to add in the word podcast at the moment. Okay, they are moving towards you no longer needing to do that. Hmm. Yeah, so there you go. You verified again. I'm on the front page for that. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's Stripe yeah. that comes up. It, sometimes it comes up, sometimes it doesn't, depending on the keywords. Mm -hmm. But that yeah. seems, we're giving away a bit of the uh, sec trade secrets here. That, to me, is extremely valuable real estate. To get into Google Digital Marketing Tips mm -hmm. as a keyword, mm -hmm. that is extremely competitive. And you're, you're mm -hmm. competing with people like Neil Patel, potentially. That's really tough, and right? And hang on, is Neil Patel on that page? Uh, no. There I don't know. Go. So am I yeah. beating Neil Patel? Yeah. Marginally. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not even a flea on his back. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even a flea on the flea's back. What is it? Let's, uh, I mean, obviously, you come from the world of pay-per-click and SEO, and you know that very well. You've been in that space for some time. You know, I remember when all that started in the early, early days, the early 2000s, when Google was just getting going with paid advertising. And, you know, that was the time that like you talk about getting in early with podcasts. That was the time to get in early with uh, pay-per-click because those people that got in early and learned the algorithm fast and then, you know, able to use that knowledge to get up the learning curve. Effectively, what they did was shut the door on everybody else behind them because they made it more expensive for those guys to make their mistakes, whereas they were making their mistakes when it was still cheap, right? And therefore, it became harder and harder to rank for pay-per-click. 
I found over those years. I don't know. What's your experience? Okay. Well, look, I mean, certainly Google Ads, um, yeah. Look, obviously the focus for Google is to make money from Google Ads. Yeah. And if you look at the organic side, Google keeps making changes and all of us in the industry go, yeah, yeah. They're doing that because Google needs to make a little bit more profit. Their profit is down a few percent, so they'll um, drive a knife in the back of everybody doing organic to push more people onto Google Ads. There's no doubt that it's much more competitive. But interestingly, last year, all of my clients, their cost per click went down and went down mm. substantially. Okay. So what actually happened is that, A, Google did give some credits out to help drive it down, um, and, B, a lot of competitors fell by the wayside. Okay. Now, you, you may think traditionally people think, well, it's an auction, and therefore whoever pays the most gets the most. It's actually not how it works. Okay, you got to think. I'm not going to teach anybody to suck eggs. I'm just going to say, you know, there's a thing called a quality score, mm. and the quality score ensures that at least you have a decent website that addresses what people are looking for. Now, mm. you're talking about back in the day. I remember back in the day, you used to be able to put white text on a white background. <laughs> okay, and if you're a plumber and you could put in plumber Sydney, plumber Singapore, plumber London, plumber anywhere. And you'd put every single suburb, you'd load up all 500 suburbs in white on a white screen. And guess what? Google would find you and it would put you on the front page. Right? And over the years, Google has realized, well, hang on, you are not delivering the right thing. Okay. So, and again, not, I'm not going to tell you what te techniques I use. Um, but the reality is you give Pete your searches a good user experience and mm. you get rewarded. Mm. With that in mind, looking at podcasts, seeing that Spotify now is talking a lot more about search on the store. Uh, Spotify also has Spotify advertising. You know, for 250 bucks, you can run a campaign now, which is interesting. You know, Amazon did the same. You know, if you want to promote your books, you can effectively buy your way up the rankings. Mm. Um, so it, it's happening, isn't it? In the sense that they have to. In the same way, Google relies on serving up quality um, to keep people engaged. Spotify and Apple have to compete against each other and make sure that what comes up the top is going to keep people coming back and at the same time make money on top mm. of that. Where do you think that's going to go if I was – an average mid-level podcaster didn't have the budgets of a Wondery or a Pacific, for example, and I didn't have, you know, a celebrity host like a Tim Ferriss. What does that mean for me? It's going to get harder, isn't it? It's going to get harder for me to win organic traffic in the same way it did with Google over time, right? Yeah. Knowing, like, if we were, say, like in 2000, let's go back 20 years. If we were in 2000, in terms of where we are with SEO and search. What does that mean? What's coming next from your perch, your vantage point, knowing what you have known in SEO? Look, I think if you look at a podcast purely in rankings and 
um, listens and positions and listeners and whatever on Spotify and Apple, I don't think you're getting the full benefit of the podcast. Yeah, because you're right. Nobody's going to get there quickly unless they're a Ferris or unless they've got a budget, or unless they've got this, unless they've got that. So I don't know whether that's the right approach to take. I, I got into podcasting a year and a half, two years ago, because I was looking at the SEO landscape and I looked at voice search. And I believe voice search is the future of SEO and the internet. Hmm. Now, I did some research with University of New South Wales and some of their students, and it's definitely an industry, something that's in its infancy, and I believe that podcasting is a way that you can benefit by providing the voice search capability on your website that Google will be looking for, because Google is actually capable of analyzing the podcast understanding the words that are being cho- being spoken and matching that to a user's search. Hmm. Yeah. And around the world, I would say 90% of people have a device they can use for voice search. It's called a mobile phone. How is voice search related to searching voice? And I don't want to get involved in wordplay, but how do they sort of connect? Okay, so you do a voice search on your mobile phone hmm. and Google's capable of finding a podcast or text hmm. to give you the best result. And because you're on your phone and you don't want to read something, then Google may choose to deliver a voice right. result. And what would that voice result actually be? Hmm. It'll be a podcast. Hmm. So, you know, that, that Google, in fact, have already stated that that is their intention. Uh, I have a quote. Podcasts will show up in Google search as a first-class citizen alongside the text, image, and video results you're used to seeing. Now, this is the guy who's in charge of voice SEO, Google's podcast product product manager, Zach Wien. So hmm, if Google is saying that, hmm then what does the future indicate? Mm-hmm. Well, they pretty much determine the future of search <laughs> as the biggest stakeholder, right? It's really they interesting. Are. Yeah. Mm. So as I understand, um, I get the bit about having searchable audio. I mean, that's been around for a while now. And the, the you know, the, the cost is going down. Look at the AWS libraries. They're pretty cheap to use. Um, connecting that, I can see a bit about voice search as well because it's just an easier form factor. Connecting the two dots together is interesting, i.e., mm. that because you're not typing and it's easier to search with voice, it's going to serve you back content in the form factor that you want to use it, right? Mm. It'd be interesting to see how that's going to work. Obviously, you know, podcasts aren't set up as any kind of regular or usable information source. Right, they're not catalogued, they're not indexed yet. They can be. And the way Mm. that you do a podcast can help you. I'm not going to reveal that. Sorry, Mm. I I have my methods and methodologies and whatever. But yeah, there there, there are ways. Look, 
I'll just say there are ways of enhancing the potential for that to work to your benefit. Hmm. Yeah. So again, if we go back to, okay, I do Google ads and I do all these things that I pay for and I pay $10,000 a month and I do this and this and I go, well, hang on, right? If you want to be in part of the future and you want to get in early and again, get back to what you're saying about 20 years ago, um, where the SEO market space was, then potentially this is where the space is going. And if you want to get involved in voice search, then you need to be producing content that's using a voice. You've been listening to The Age of Audio with me, Graham Brown, from the award-winning podcast agency Pickle & Co. To get access to all the audio conversations and book content for The Age of Audio, go to www.theageofaudio.com. One more time, theageofaudio.com.